Hello and welcome to the adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case. Episode 7, The Note. After I left the club tonight, I made a telephone call to an old associate of mine. You'll notice I use the word associate and not friend. Go on, Fabian. His name is Westerman. He was a friend of Mrs. Tolbert's. In fact, it was through Westerman that she came to La Matella. Yes. For uh, consideration, Westerman is prepared to tell you all about Mrs. Talbot and her association with Betty Wayne. Mm. He might even be persuaded to tell you about other things, Temple. What does Westerman call uh, consideration? That you'll have to discuss with him yourself. I've um, taken the liberty of making an appointment for you. When? Tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Is that convenient? Yes, that's convenient. At your flat or La Matella? Neither. I'm afraid you'll have to go out of town to Reading. Reading? Yes. But can't your friend manage to get up to London for an hour or so? Well, I've suggested that, of course, but uh, he won't hear of it. All right. Give me the address. Oh, there's no need for that. I'll drive you down. All right. Pick me up just before nine. Very well. But please, don't say anything about this to anyone else. Especially Sir Graham Forbes. Fabian, when I first asked you about Mrs. Talbot, you said you knew nothing about her. Now you admit that you were lying. Uh, Yes. Were you also lying about Hamilton? No. I've told you I've never even heard of Hamilton. You describe this man Westerman as an associate. Do you mean that he's in business with you? He was. But I called him an associate because, well, I, I didn't want you to think that he's a friend of mine. Is Westerman blackmailing you? Yes, but how did you... For money? No. What, then? I was in partnership with Westerman. We had, well, a, an agency business. And one day we, we had a row and decided to split up. Eighteen months later, I went into business on my own and opened La Matella. Yes. Uh, about a year after the club opened, uh, I had a letter from Westerman asking me to go down to Reading. He told me that he wanted me to make certain of his friends members of La Martella. Two of them had actually already applied for membership, and I had turned them down. Why? Because if you want to run a successful nightclub, Mrs. Temple, you have to be very careful of your clientele. Yes, of course. For certain reasons, I had to do what Westerman wanted. Mrs. Talbot was made a member, so was Betty Wayne, Brenda Sterling, and a girl called June Michael. And what about Mr. Reynolds? Was he a friend of Westerman? No, Lance Reynolds is one of our original members. On what grounds did you object to Betty Wayne? She drinks too much. Was Howard Gilbert one of your members? No, but he came to the club once or twice. With Reynolds or Miss Sterling? I believe Reynolds, but I'm not sure. Mr. Fabian, you don't think Westerman is using your club as a sort of headquarters? That's exactly what I wondered, Mrs. Temple. I also wondered if Westerman was responsible for the abduction of Miss Ferguson. Who told you that Miss Ferguson was attached to Scotland Yard? Westerman. And you believed him? Is our information usually pretty good, especially where the police are concerned. 
What exactly was your business with Westerman? I told you. We had an agency. Yes, but what kind of an agency? We uh, bought and sold things. Did you deal in drugs? Good heavens, no. Whatever makes you ask that? Because that's why Miss Ferguson was watching La Martella. For drugs? Yes. Scotland Yard suspected that your club was being used as a distribution center. But that's absurd. Why on earth should they think that? I don't know, but they did. But, Mr. Well, it must be nearly two o'clock. So, unless there's anything else... Yes. Uh, Of course. I'm terribly sorry. I I didn't realize it was so late. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night. I'll see you tonight, then. Yes. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Paul, did you believe that story of his about Westerman? Did you? I'm rather dubious. Rather dubious? What is happened to that good old intuition of yours? It was a pack of lies from start to finish. Hmm? There isn't a Mr. Westerman. There never has been a Mr. Westerman. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Paul, I know you hate to be asked pointed questions, especially at this stage. No, far ahead. Ask me anything you like. I'm in a very good mood. Yes, you certainly are. <laughs> well, do you think Fabian is the man we're looking for? <laughs> The man you're looking for, darling, or the man I'm looking oh, for? Oh, you know perfectly well what I mean. Is Fabian Hamilton? Ah, that's a pretty pointed question. I told you I was going to ask pointed questions. <laughs> Quite right, darling, you did. Now, look, Paul. Who murdered Brenda Sterling? Was it Howard Gilbert or someone else? Someone else. Are you sure? Quite sure. And the same person murdered Mrs. Talbot? Yes. Hmm. That visit we made to the reference library was quite a lucky break, wasn't it? A very lucky break. Paul, I think I know who it is. Do you see? Yes. What are you going to do next, darling? I'm not sure. But I know what I'm not going to do next. What's that? I'm not going down to Reading. Paul, he wants to have a word with you. All right, Steve. Where's Charlie? He's in the kitchen. Why? I want to see him for a moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, Steve, would you do something for me? Of course. What is it? I've written Miss Wayne a note. I want to make certain she gets it sometime today. Would you take it down to Conway and Rose's? What, now? Yes, it's pretty urgent. Why can't Charlie take it? Because he doesn't know Miss Wayne, and I want to be absolutely certain that it's handed to the right person. Well, why don't you telephone? Because I've written a note, darling. Here you are. All right. I've got some shopping to do anyway. Don't wait for an answer, Steve. Just say it's from me and that it's very urgent. All right. I'll be back sometime this afternoon. Probably about four. All right. Oh, Steve. Yes? Keep out of the hat department. <laughs> Charlie, Mr. Temple wants you. He's in the study. It's all right, Mr. Temple. Good morning, Inspector. Morning, Temple. I'll sit down. Would you go for a drink? Uh, no, thank you. Well, now, what can I do for you? I've been talking to Lynn Ferguson, and there are one or two details I'd like to check. Yes? Were you and Mrs. Temple actually here when Miss Ferguson arrived? No, we turned up shortly afterwards. Charlie was going out, and when he opened the door, she was on the doorstep. Did she say anything? Well, I believe she asked for me. I see. She was in a pretty bad way. Yes, so I understand. How is she this morning? Oh, very much better. Good. I need hardly tell you that I take rather a dim view of this Ferguson episode... If I'd known that she'd been instructed to watch La Martella, I should never have gone near the place. But her investigations had nothing whatever to do with the Gilbert case. How do you know? 
Sir Graham, tell me. Oh. Miss Ferguson was watching La Matella because the special branch thought that the club was being used as a drug centre. And you think that's got nothing to do with the Gilbert case? Well, has it? In my opinion, yes. Really? That's interesting, Inspector. Temple, look. When Brenda Sterling was murdered, her shoe was missing, correct? Correct. When Mrs. Talbot was murdered, her shoe was missing. Correct. Now, in my opinion, both these women were carrying a supply of drugs. And it's my bet... That the stuff was concealed in the shoe? Yes. But, Inspector, I don't know if Sir Graham told you what happened to Miss Ferguson. He did finally decide to confide in me. Well, then, as you know, she was abducted and put through what was almost a third degree. Yes. But when she finally broke down and told them that she was investigating possible drug smuggling, they lost interest in her and she was released. And what does that prove? That once they knew she was investigating the drug racket, they were no longer interested in her. Couldn't that have been a blind? What do you mean? Well, isn't it possible that you're thinking exactly what they want you to think? Well, it's possible They but... question Miss Ferguson about her activities, they learn that she's investigating a possible traffic in drugs, and they profess to be completely disinterested. Yes, I see what you're getting at. Well, it adds up, Temple. They released the girl, knowing perfectly well that she's convinced that they have nothing whatever to do with the drug traffic, and that ten to one, she'll convince us. Mm. That's quite an idea, Inspector. Oh, we do get the ideas occasionally, you know. <laughs> well, let's take your theory a step further. How does Fabian fit into the picture? Well, if I'm right, Fabian's the head of the whole outfit. And he murdered Brenda Sterling? Well, I wouldn't say that. It's possible that Gilbert was an associate of Fabian's. And actually did commit the murder? Yes. Then how do you account for the statement that Galena made? Yes, but he now says that Mrs. Talbot wasn't with him the night Brenda Sterling was murdered. Anyway, whichever way you look at it, he's a pretty unreliable witness. I don't know. He must have been considered a pretty important one. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been beaten up. Yes, that's true. And it's only since he was beaten up that he's changed his mind. Exactly. Inspector, forgive my asking, but are you married? No, I'm a bachelor. Why do you ask? Oh, I wondered, that's all. You must have had a reason for asking a question like that. Yes, I had a reason. Well? I think it's possible that your life is in danger. Why do you say that? Because of what happened to Miss Ferguson? Partly, and partly because of what happened to my wife and me in Darlington Street. When your car was shot to pieces? Yes. Well, if I'm in danger, it's all part of the job. There's nothing I can do about you it. You can be on your guard, Inspector. How do you mean? Don't accept invitations, especially on the spur of the moment. I'm afraid I don't understand you. Fabian came here last night and told me that a man called Westerman could give me vital information about Mrs. Talbot and the murder of Brenda Sterling. Westerman? He's a new character. I've never heard of him. No, I don't expect you have. According to Fabian, he lives in Reading. Fabian suggested that we went out there this evening. I accepted the invitation, but I haven't the slightest intention of going. Why not? Because I'm convinced that Westerman doesn't exist. And the whole thing's a trap. Have you any reason for thinking that? Yes, I have. Someone warn you? Yes. And I'm warning you, Inspector. Don't accept any invitations, particularly from Louis Fabian. But if you don't keep the appointment, Temple, he's hardly likely to come to me with precisely the same story. On the contrary, I think that's exactly what he will do. And that's why I'm warning you. Oh, yes, Don't you see, uh... if he thinks I'm suspicious, he daren't let the matter drop. He'd have to pursue it, otherwise it would look more suspicious than ever. Yes. Oh, excuse me, Hello? Yes, Paul Temple speaking. Oh, hello, Reynolds. Yes. Yes, he did, as a matter of fact. Yes, last night, or rather this morning. No, of course I'm not. Yes. Thank you. 
Yes, I'll do that. Goodbye. Well, that Lance Reynolds? Yes. Fellow's a confounded nuisance. Hardly a day passes without him ringing Scotland Yard. Mm. But if I'm ever accused of murder, I hope I have a friend like Reynolds. What do you mean? Well, he's certainly standing by Howard Gilbert. Yes, but he doesn't think Gilbert did it. A lot of people don't, but they're not doing anything about it. If you ask me, there are too many people interfering in this case. Reynolds, Sterling, Miss Ferguson... Paul Temple. <laughs> well, you said it first. <laughs> no, actually, I'm very grateful for any help you can give us, Temple. I'm just annoyed about Miss Ferguson because I think Sir Graham ought to have taken me into his confidence before. Oh, well, I suppose, strictly speaking, she wasn't working on the Gilbert case. Well, I'll be making a move. Oh, before you do, when you first described Lance Reynolds, you said he was a very keen photographer. Yes. How did you know? Have you ever been to his flat? No. He's got photographs all over the place. I should think he must have taken thousands of them. Hmm. Does he develop them himself, do you know? I should imagine so. Why do you ask? Well, I wonder, that's all. Well, thanks for dropping in, Inspector. Let me know how Miss Ferguson gets on. Yes, I will indeed. And if you do get an invitation from Fabian... Don't worry. Forewarned is forearmed. Oh. Did you ring, sir? Yes. I don't think much of this tea, Charlie. What did you put in it? Oh, just the usual, sir. Hmm? Well, it's not very good. I usually make a very nice cup of tea, mm -hmm. sir. I do think so. Oh, filthy. Is Mrs. Temple back yet? No, sir. She's very late. It's only just after five, sir. Yes, I know, but she said she'd be back by... Oh, here she is. Hello, dear. Hello, Steve. I was just beginning to... <laughs> Darling, what is it? What's the matter? Now, I I'm all right, Paul, but... I've been in a car accident. A car accident? Yes. Oh, is that a cup of tea? Okay, Mrs. Temple, I'll see to it. Thank you, Charlie. Steve, are you all right? Yes. Yes, I'm all right. I've been pretty badly shaken, that's all. But what happened? Were you in a taxi? No. Somebody gave me a lift. Here you are, Mrs. Steve. Thank you, Charlie. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is heaven. Mm. Would you like something stronger, Mrs. Temple? Perhaps a drop of brandy or something? No. No, this is lovely, Charlie. Mmm. Oh, what a heavenly cup of tea. Thank you, Mrs. Temple. You do make wonderful tea, Charlie. Well, I've always thought so, Mrs. Temple. Still, it's nice to be told. Would you care for another cup, sir? No, thank you, Charlie. That'll be all. Yes, sir. Are you feeling better now? Mm-hmm. Well, what happened? Well, I suppose I'd better start at the beginning. No, no, no. You said you got a lift from someone. Yes, Mr. Reynolds. Reynolds? Yes, what on earth made you accept it? Darling, don't you think I had better start at the beginning? That's <laughs> all right. Well, when I arrived at Conway and Races, the first person I saw was Betty Wayne. She was just getting into the lift. Did you give her my note? Yes, I did, and she read it, and she put it into her handbag. Oh. Did she say anything? Not a word. Did she show you the note, or tell you what was in it? No. But whatever it was, it, well, it seemed to shake her. She dropped her handbag twice, got out of the lift without even saying goodbye. Anyway, after I'd given her the note, I went downstairs, um, through the hat department. That was very restrained of you, darling. And into the libraries. Oh. Well, I stayed for about half an hour, and then I went into the restaurant. I left there at about a quarter to two, and bumped, I mean, literally bumped into Lance Reynolds. We chatted for a few moments, and then I, uh... Oh, yes, then I went into the library and changed the book. Well, go on. 
Um, yes, well, I had a manicure appointment at half past two, so I went up to the third floor and bumped straight into Reynolds again. Was it deliberate? I mean, was he following you? No, I don't think so. Not for a moment. Well, go on, Steve. Well, they kept me waiting for the manicure. I didn't leave there until about half past three. I took the lift to the ground floor, and the first person I saw was Lance Reynolds. Are you following me or am I following you? Well, they're beginning to look very suspicious. <laughs> I suppose if we'd arranged to meet in this place, we'd never have found each other. That's just about it. Uh, are you on your way home? Yes. Oh, I can drop you easily. Well, if you're sure it's not taking you out of your way. No, no, it's a pleasure. Uh, let me take your passport. Oh, thank you very much. I'm rather glad we met again. Oh? Why? Well, the first time we met, I had a horrid feeling that we didn't quite, uh, well, see eye to eye. What about Oh, nothing in particular. I felt that you'd taken rather a dislike to me. Well, that isn't quite the same thing. I frequently don't see eye to eye with my husband, but we don't uh, dislike each other. I'm afraid I've expressed myself rather badly. Uh, the fact is, I was in rather a bad mood when I brought that letter to your house the other night. Ah. Uh, by the way, what happened about that letter? Did your husband discuss it with Inspector Kingston? Yes, I believe so. I know he discussed it with Howard Gilbert. How did you handle that? because Howard wrote to me. We were very good friends, you know, Mrs. Temple. We still are. Yes, yes, of course. Now, that letter seemed to me very important. After all, her diary proved that Brenda did know someone called Fairfax. Yes. Uh, it's through here. My car's just outside. It is awfully kind of you. Of course. You're quite comfortable, though. Yes, very nice car you have. Oh, dear, the traffic. It gets worse every day. Yes. We'll soon be clear, though. Did you see Miss Wayne this afternoon? Uh, this morning. We had lunch together. I gather you delivered a message to her from your husband. A note, yes. Do you happen to know what was in that note? No, I'm afraid I don't. Didn't Miss Wayne tell you? Yes, as a matter of fact, you did. Well, then why are you asking me? I simply wanted to know if you knew. What was in it? You'll have to ask your husband, Mr. Oh, Temple. Oh, really? Oh, incidentally, give him my regards when you see him and tell him I gave you a lift home. Yes, of course. You know, it's funny how you can form a definite opinion of a person before you meet them. And then when you do meet them, you find that, well, not quite what you expected. Do you mean my husband? Yes. When I met him for the first time, I was surprised to oh, find that you... Oh, that car trying to cut in. Oh, well, there's plenty of room. I was saying, when I met your husband for the first Look out! Time, what's he trying to do? We're going to hit the car. Why, you... Oh! Oh. Oh. I'm... I'm terribly sorry. Are you all right, Miss Stemple? Yes, I, I think so. Silly to know. But it, it wasn't my fault. No, no, of course it wasn't your fault. He tried to force you off the road. What happened to him? He's made a pretty quick getaway. Did you get his number? No, I'm afraid I didn't. Was it done deliberately, do you think? Well, it certainly looked very much like it. Oh, Lord, here comes the strong arm of the law. You, you'd better get out this side, Mrs. Temple. It looks as if your door's jammed. Well, after I'd made a statement, I caught a cab and came straight back here. I must say Reynolds kept his temper very well. After all, the accident wasn't his fault. No. Did you see the driver? Yes, but I wouldn't recognize him again. It was an open car, and he was wearing a scarf and dark glasses. 
Oddly enough, I saw the car at Hyde Park Corner, but I didn't take particular notice of it. He was probably tailing you. Mm. In view of what happened, I think he must have been. You know, I'm sure he did it deliberately. Mm, he did it deliberately, all right. Steve, you don't know how lucky you've been. Well, I've got a pretty good idea. Because my side of the car was just... Oh, that's probably Reynolds. He said he'd ring to see if I got home all right. Yeah. Hello? Yes? Oh, hello, Miss Wayne. No, he's here now, if you'd like to have a word with him. Betty Wayne, she wants to talk to you. She sounds very hit up about something. You surprise me. Hello, Miss Wayne? Yes. Yes, I know. I've just been hearing about it. My wife was with him. Didn't he tell you that? No, no, just a coincidence. Yes, I think so, too. The sooner the better. Do you want to come here, or shall I... All right, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Goodbye. Well? My note did the trick. I thought it would. Paul, what was in that note? <laughs> would you like to see a copy yes, of it? Yes, I certainly would. All right. Well, here you are. What? Paul! <laughs> Don't look so staggered, darling. <laughs> now I'm going to see her. Are you coming? Just try and stop me. Then don't be long. I want to get there as quickly as possible. Is she going to talk? I hope so, Steve. I sincerely hope so. I don't understand how you knew the accident was going to happen. When I got your note, I thought you were simply trying to convince me. Miss Wayne, that... we've been here 15 minutes and you haven't told me anything I don't already know. If you don't intend to confide in me, please say so. What is it you want me to tell you? Who killed Brenda Sterling? We, we can't talk here. You, you... you needn't worry about Sterling overhearing our conversation. He's not in his flat, and we've told the porter to ring you the moment he arrives. Oh. All right. All right. Howard Gilbert didn't murder Brenda Sterling. Uh. It's true that they went to the theatre that night and that they had a row, but that's not why she was murdered. No, we're getting somewhere. Go on. It's a long story. I don't know where to begin. Suppose we begin with the Cordoba robbery. Cordoba robbery? Yes. Then you know. I've suspected it for some time, but I wasn't sure. But what do you mean, Paul, the, the Cordoba robbery? About a year ago, a diamond pendant was stolen from a wealthy South American called Mrs. Cordoba. It was a cluster of rubies with three very large matching diamonds worth about a quarter of a million dollars. Ooh. The yard investigated, but the pendant was never recovered. Now you go on, Miss Wayne. Mrs. Cordova often came to Conway and Macy's, and I sold her literally dozens of dresses. But one day, she gave a party, and she invited two or three of the girls from the shop. Who were they? Brenda Sterling, June Michael, and myself. I see. Go on. Well, we went to the party and thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. As a matter of fact, that's where I first met Louis Fabian and Lance Reynolds. It was also the first time I saw the pendant. Mm, an interesting evening. Yes, it was. The next morning, Brenda, June, and I naturally talked about the party. And June said it was all wrong that one person should have so much money. And if someone decided to take Mrs. Cordoba for a ride, she certainly wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Brenda and I laughed. We thought it was just a joke. Um, what sort of a person was June Michael? She was extremely good-looking and an excellent model, but she just had no idea of the value of money. Mm -hmm. Well... About a week after the party, the Cordoba pendant was stolen. Naturally, the papers were full of it. 
Brenda, June, and I were, were pretty excited. We, we felt that having actually met Mrs. Cordova and seen the pendant, we were part of the whole thing. Yes, of course. Well, then, about a fortnight after the robbery, June was taken ill. When she returned to the shop, she, she said she'd caught a germ of some sort and that she'd also been upset by the sudden death of a close friend. Who was that? Well, Brenda asked her who the friend was, but she wouldn't tell us. Mm-hmm. Well... She was soon her old self again. Well, I, I say she was herself. Actually, she was more independent, and there were times when she, she got quite arrogant. Once I, I had to report it to the manager. How did she take that? Of course, she was annoyed. She wouldn't speak to me. Then, about a week later, June asked me round to her flat. I, I was rather glad that she decided to, well, bury the hatches. When I arrived, I, I was surprised to find... An elaborate dinner, and a maid waited at table. The whole setup seemed to be strangely luxurious. Anyway, it was obvious that she wanted to be friends again. After dinner, there were just the two of us, June made a brief reference to her friend. The one who had died? Yes. She said he was a stockbroker and that he'd left us 3,000 pounds. I said 3,000 pounds was a very nice windfall, but... On the other hand, it would very soon disappear if she gave many expensive dinner parties. She just laughed and said, Don't worry, Betty, there's plenty more where that came from. Plenty more where that came from? Yes. Just as I was leaving, she gave me a parcel and said, This is for you, Betty, just a little present, darling. I took the parcel home, but I was so tired I, I didn't bother to open it. Not until the next morning. Yes. Never guess what was inside that parcel, Mr. Temple. I know what was inside it. A pair of shoes. That was the seventh episode of the Francis Durbridge serial Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Production for the BBC by Martin C. Webster.